You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcasts, and I have Tom King. Uh, he's the author of a book called Guy Gone Keto. Uh, he's also the head of Icon Foods. And we're talking today, um, it's particularly relevant because uh, we're doing a long series on you know the keto diet and health, and Tom's company, Icon Foods, is also going to be at the Metabolic Health Summit, which is literally just days away. It's going to be in uh, Southern California. Long Beach area, and there's going to be hundreds of exhibitors and speakers on all kinds of uh, metabolic health issues, and Tom will be there with Icon Foods. So, Tom, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific, Rich. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, I'm super excited yeah. for the Metabolic Health Summit. It's going to be a blast. I'll be totally geeking out. Yeah. Have you been to the summit before, or is this your first year? I haven't. It's my first year, but a lot of people that I've worked with um, – you know, on our food ingredient side with Icon Food, uh, Icon Foods, they've they've all been before and they're all part of it. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, like big one big huge happy family getting together. Well, very good. So what's what's your background? What got you into what got you to be interested in health and uh, keto eating and all that stuff? Well, <clears throat> um, you know, I grew up grew up in Colorado on a ranch um, and ultimately ended up moving to Arizona. And I ran into a gentleman, his name is Jim May. And he was, he was sort of a pioneer in finding herbs and different, different various uh, compounds uh, on his treks through, you know, through Central America. And uh, I happened to run into him um, and he had some green paste in a jar he said hey would you try this and I'm like yeah why not tried it and in its natural state was about 25 times sweeter than sugar and at that point a light bulb went off in my head and it's like there has to be you know a natural way to you know extract these sweet constituents from the leaf and actually make it a usable sweetener so that sort of started me down my you know down the path of of uh, of health and became a lot you know interested in you know in definitely in metabolic health and and actually you know creating a company that you know that does good by you know reducing the amount of sugar that people eat. 
was what um, he found like a cousin of stevia or what's what's the name of the um, compound or the plant that makes it sweet? Well, I mean, this the plant is called stevia, is just stevia plant, but the sweet constituents that are called glycosides exert plants, not just stevia. So, you know, like if you pick up, you know, if you like pick up a piece of grass, you know, the, on the root, you'll taste, you know, a and those sides. so they exist in nature um in some places in higher concentrations and other places lower concentrations but the the beauty of a glycoside is that it has a fairly pronounced sweet technical effect but does not affect um it does not affect blood sugar levels has no carbs zero calories you know if it causes an insulin response it doesn't it doesn't and what's interesting is i've had i've been on a few podcasts where uh, some individuals have made claims that that monk fruit and stevia, monk fruit's another uh, high intensity or source for high intensity sweetener, and uh, a couple individuals have said made claims that that they do <clears throat> have an insulin response. But I have done the tests myself, so like I've pulled blood before and after consuming both stevia and monk fruit. And there's never been any type of a, you know, a rise in my blood sugar levels. But I can't say the same for like aspartame or sucralose. Like those don't exist in nature. So I think your body becomes confused by, you know, what it is. You know, it's sweet, but what do we do? How do we metabolize it? So you do get the benefit of calorie abatement, but you also will will trigger a bit of an insulin response from from those types of artificial sweeteners. Okay. Well, sorry to take you off track. So you, you discovered this where it was shown to you. And what, what happened next? Well, what happened next is, you know, I had a I had a regular day job and, you know, trying to find a proprietary water extraction method for, our, to, you know, to release those sweet constituents became my side hustle. So, um, you know, I met Jim May in 92. And then by 99, I had found a company that could you know, they could extract the, the stevioglycosides from the leaves using just uh, pure water and then an ethanol wash. And yeah, so we started importing it into the country. Um, and by 2008, the FDA approved it as a as a sweetening compound, generally regarded as safe. So it could be used in as a food additive. And that's when our business really started to take off. Okay. And then so what is it that you sell? Are you selling just the sweetener or is it foods that have the sweetener in it or recipes or, you know, what's the premise of Icon Foods? Um, we're an ingredient supplier. So if you, you know, if you ever had like a bar that's, you know, uh, <clears throat> like low sugar, keto friendly um, bar, chances are you've had, you've had our sweetener. So we're in a bunch of different bars. We are in a bunch of different um, uh, powdered drink mixes. Um, we manufacture chocolate chips. So the primary, I would say our our primary source of revenue is based on in, ingredient sales. So we supply, you know, thousands of, of keto-friendly companies, sports nutrition companies with a variety of different sweeteners. And so we don't just sell stevia. I mean, that's how I started the company. Um, but I would say that our claim to fame is uh, we actually sell a sweetening system that can be a plug and play replacement for sure. 
So what have you noticed as the interplay between stevia and other sweeteners and, you know, any expertise you've garnered on how different companies are doing it right versus, you know, not, maybe not so good to make really delicious products? Mm, yeah, that's, that's an excellent question. Um, we, you know, we do have a, uh, an R and D facility here. I mean, we've got a 3000 square foot lab that we do help. <clears throat> we do help our, our customers reformulate. Um, and, but I would say that the people that are maybe not doing it as well as they could are using, you know, are overusing stevia or overusing monk fruit. Um, when that happens, you can get off notes. I think being able to identify each product, like what type of functionality are you looking for? I mean, if you're making a bar, you need something that has sort of humectant properties that hold the bar together. So these are all, these are all factors that, you know, that we take a look at in each in each process and we can develop you know we can develop a custom sweetening system that addresses both functionality you know and macros um but we've also got plug and play solutions that use a variety of different polyols like erythritol um and xylitol and we also use allulose so we we do mix a lot of compounds so it makes it easier for uh food manufacturers to use and then um you know ultimately makes for a better product so you know now 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 that there's hindsight i mean bars and other stuff it's obvious to put stevia and other sweeteners in it any non-obvious places or interesting or strange places that you've seen that it works really well um yeah i mean the strange places i would say are probably toothpaste lip balm um also one that sort of surprising to us Horses and dogs love the love the flavor of stevia, so we do sell to a lot of uh, of pet uh, pet food manufacturers, um, and they use it in treats. So that was sort of an unexpected category for us. Okay, gotcha. So today, as it stands, uh, what what are you going to be bringing to the um, metabolic health summit? It sounds like you sell more B two C. So what are you going to be showcasing mm. there? Well, I wrote a book. I wrote a book that came out last May called Gaigon Keto. Um, and I, part of that whole process, um, part of the whole process of like going keto, I found that I was missing, you know, condiments, you know, like ketchup and barbecue sauce and teriyaki sauce, steak sauce. So <clears throat> keeping that in mind, I jumped into the lab and actually created it, created a line for my own personal use. And then found that there was a pretty huge demand on it. So we will be bringing our full line of Gaigon Keto condiments. Um, and then Icon Foods, we also created uh, mocktail mixes. So, um, you know, people that are going to be going to the the VIP and the gala will be able to have those. Like you can have a Moscow meal, a margarita, or a mojito with no alcohol and no sugar. Um, but if you want to, you know, spice it up a little bit, you can certainly add, you know, a shot of, you know, whatever, uh, you know, whatever the, you know, tequila, rum, or vodka in those respective drinks. So we're bringing cocktail mixes, we're bringing steak sauce, um, you know, and variety packs for people to be able to try our condiments. Well, it sounds like you're going to be very popular. That's great. I'll be there and I'm looking forward <laughs> to trying your products. It sounds really good. <laughs> Thanks. I hope I'm popular. We'll see. Well, you know, people want to eat healthy and you're eating healthy, but you're faced with uh, 
a tough piece of meat with no sauce on it or, you know, something that's just right. dry, that sauce really spices yeah. it up and makes it palatable. So you can see why it's so popular. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I mean, people that are in the, you know, people that are keto heads fully, fully get how much sugar there is in condiments. So, but I think that a lot of the public doesn't really grasp that, you know, that ketchup and barbecue sauce have more sugar than ice cream. So, um, wow. you know, when you slather on a bunch of ketchup on your, on your hamburger, it, it, you just added a bowl of ice cream to your, to your meal. So, um, yeah, it's nice to have those condiments and the steak sauce. You know, I think I like to consider our steak sauce sort of the love child between Heinz 57 and A1. So it's sure. it's I think it's real solid. I've had a lot of positive feedback on it, and um, I'm hoping to get just as much positive feedback at the at the Metabolic Health Summit. Well, you know, a question just popped into my head. Uh, a lot of people are starting to take exogenous ketones. You know, I take them, the ketone mm -hmm. salts and the ketone esters. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> have you? found anything that pairs if it's even possible pairs well with those two substances so they're not like black um okay so with the ketone salts yes like we can there's a lot of things that we can do to make ketone salts more palatable um that's pretty easy ketone esters um not so much i think that probably the secret to um to ketone esters is just to shoot them as fast as you can and try to keep them mm. down um, I, I use, I use ketone esters if I'm really looking to get into deep ketosis. So, um, but I can tell you that it's never been a pleasant experience for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. And but I'm sure that I'll be doing some, I'm sure I'll be doing some at the metabolic health summit and, uh, but with the salts, the salts are a different, you know, a different animal. So they're not, it's not too difficult, you know, using, sweeteners and various flavors and uh you know other compounds to sort of mask off notes in those okay and then um <clears throat> I, I you know just because you make uh sauces and flavorings for foods i just feel like you're a food expert you know um i spend yeah. a lot of time in the lab so like just in the past you know just, just as an example in the past three months i've developed five different types of cereals um hmm. we've been, we've developed keto pops I've got six different bake mixes. So, you know, we we do a ton of R&D here. So, um, yeah, if there's and, – and plus just because I have my own brand, I like to engage quite a bit with consumers and having people that follow a ketogenic lifestyle um, make requests. Like, hey, you know, I'm really interested in this or that. So um, I'm always open to those because, you know, I like to spend time in the lab. <clears throat> Well, my question then is, um, you know, everyone says there's a lot of hidden sugars in foods. So you identified, you know, ketchup and other sauces are like a big source mm -hmm. of it. Uh, you know, if you were to rank the hidden sources of sugar in foods, what are the top ones? So it helps people avoid them, you know, whether they, you know, they may be unaware of where it's coming from. Well, I would say that the number one, I would say the absolutely the number one source of, of, of hidden sugars would be, would be condiments. Like condiments, pasta sauces, dressings, um, all of those are completely loaded with sugar. And, you know, a lot of people don't think the pasta sauce, like, has sugar in it. But if you read the label, you're going to find that a lot of them do. Um, mm. And I would also say a lot of beverages, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of beverages, you know, that say, you know, all natural, organic. You read the label, it has organic cane sugar in it. 
um, that doesn't really help you. I mean, you, just because it's organic, it's still sugar and it's still going to a trigger a insulin response. And, you know, because sugar is, is part glucose and part fructose, that fructose will go into your, you know, to be metabolized in your liver, which will prevent you from, you know, uh, metabolizing fats into ketones. Yeah. Well, I've noticed, for instance, even jerky, you know, I've gotten, I don't want to name names of brands or anything, but I've gone to the store, right. you know, to try to eat more keto. Yep. And you know, I'm like, oh, jerky, yeah. Yeah, this should be good. And I look at it, it has like, <laughs> you know, six or seven grams per serving of sugar. And I'm thinking, I know. man, you can't get away from this stuff. What are you going to do? Switch to park rinds. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. like jerky, like for, you know, I like jerky once in a while, but jerky also is like not, I don't think that it's a, a super great keto uh, food, you know, like keto is going to be 70% fat, 20% protein, mm. 10% like fibrous, cruciferous vegetables, you know, like getting your carbs from vegetables that grow above the ground. So if right. you introduce too much protein into your system, it's going to knock you out of keto. So like my sort of my go-to snack is pork rinds, uh, super high in fat, uh, decent protein, zero carbs. Okay. Very good. So let's talk a little bit about your uh, guy going keto book. So what um, <clears throat> what's unique about the book and what prompted you to write it? <laughs> That's a great question. What's unique about it is I wouldn't say that it is it. I wouldn't say that it's a keto book. I mean, it's called Guy Gone Keto. It definitely, you know, it's about my ketogenic journey. But my book is very different than I would say to all of the keto books out there because I mean most of it is about what it took to be able to make a lifestyle change so that book is really sort of a confessional for me because you know I wrote it I started writing it four years ago when I really you know decided to adopt a ketogenic lifestyle and I say ketogenic lifestyle because I mean if you're if you're on a ketogenic diet I can tell you that diets don't work I mean you have to make a lifestyle shift and I had been on and off keto for 10 years, you know, like I'd use keto when I started feeling a little fat, I'd lose weight and then go off keto and then boom, I'd be right back, you know, gain the weight back plus some. So I was kind of on this yo-yo, uh, yo-yo weight thing. Right. So it was about four years ago, I was in Vegas and went out to dinner with some, uh, with some clients and they paid and I had a steak and a potato and some cake and a bottle of wine and got back to my room and just, you know, looked in the mirror and it's like, I just didn't like what I, what I saw. And I think at that point, you know, the pain of carrying 35 pounds of extra weight and blood pressure, uh, you know, being on blood pressure meds and just not living a life as, as with as good of integrity as I could. I think that that caused, you know, the level of pain to exceed the pleasure that I was deriving from those bad habits. So, um, part of my process was journaling. Like, it's like, I'm going to write this stuff down. I'm going to do data collection. And I really, you know, made it, you know, made, made it a routine and a promise to myself that every single morning that I would journal. And I found myself journaling more and more about my lifestyle change and about how to adopt a ketogenic lifestyle. And yeah, before I knew it, I had, you know, 200 pages of, of content. So it, just became a book. And what what kind of feedback have you gotten? It's been out, you said, uh, seven months, eight months? Yeah. So when it first came out, it was a number one Amazon bestseller in category. 
Um, and I've got, you know, 100% five-star rating on it. So I think people have enjoyed it. And, you know, people that I talk to at events and stuff have told me that they really love the book, that it sort of caught them off guard because they thought they were going to be flipping through a bunch of recipes and meal plans. And really what they end up flipping through is this is what it's going to take for you to make a lifestyle change. And if you're making a lifestyle change into, you know, into keto, these are the steps that you're going to need to take. So it sort of integrates, you know, mind, body, spirit. So it's, uh, it's a little different that way. And, you know, and people seem cool. to like it. And then it, it gets pretty personal. Um, some of the personal struggles I had in there. And so I, some of the people will come up to me and just give me a hug. <laughs> so it's just well, I bet that um, the specific personal challenges you had, that's probably what catches the most people. And, you know, people that maybe have had the exact same or similar challenges, I would guess they'd probably reach out to you, you know, maybe mm-hmm. in confidence. But uh, I mean, you know, I think I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth. But what, what kind of feedback have you gotten that surprised you? Anything like super personal or unusual or interesting? Um, the, well, the feed, some of the feedback that I've gotten, that it has been very personal, you know, about people that have been in abusive relationships and used food as medication. And when they were able to make a lifestyle shift and, you know, and the brain fog lifted that they were able to make, you know, decisions to, you know, about that particular relationship or relationships that they needed to get out of. I mean, a lot of people, you know, sort of that internal, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you, you know, are self-medicating with food and, you know, um, you know feeling, you know, uh, low self-worth, then you're going to be involved in situations that prey on that type of stuff. So um, those are the comments that usually make me want to give the person a hug. Um, because it's, you know, when you see triumph like that, those are the things that really move me when somebody makes, you know, a real lifestyle change and you can see it on them. I mean, it's, you know, you see somebody dropping a bunch of weight, you know, and how good they feel about themselves. And that is like, that is absolutely 100% the most rewarding part of having that book out. Oh, that's great. That's really great. Hmm. So what's, um, what are you working on now? I mean, what are some of the new things that... <laughs> you're working on uh, creating over the next year? Um, well, I'd like to release the keto pops. So we made like a, a keto version of Otter Pops, which are really awesome. Um, I'd like to see those come out, like baking mixes, We're working on a line of, uh, of flavored MCT powders. Yeah, probably Whoa. half a dozen new, half a dozen new products um, that we'll be adding to the Gigon Keto line. And I've probably oh. got at least 50 products that I'm developing for, uh, for, you know, other clients right now. So yeah, I'd say wow. 2019 is going to be a big, big year for, for new keto products. Are there any foods that are like, uh, you know, super difficult to ketoize? Yeah. <laughs> yes. There are several. I mean, there's one that I'm working on right now. I really, I, I mean, I've got to put, you know, I, I'm going to have to get super creative with it. So I'm trying to create um, sugar-free meringues, like a meringue cookie. And I am having a hell of a time um, getting it to be super firm. So hmm. that's pastries, you know, any type of flaky pastries, that's always a big challenge for me. Meringues are a huge challenge. Um, 
yeah and then you know having uh you know having customers have like crazy restrictions like okay so we can't have anything that's got corn in it and we can't have anything that has you know uh that's gmo and we can't have any we don't want any sugar alcohols and we can't have any inulin and they just keep like you know narrowing it down to the point where it's like well i can give you this cup of water (laughs) (laughs) follows your rules but um, sometimes that can be a bit of a challenge and, you know, but I'll work through it. Have you tried to make any foods with ketone salt in them or is that just not workable? Um, I, I, you know, there's such sort of off notes with it that it's, it's <laughs> too difficult to really, to include it into a food. I mean, I know that there's some MCT oils out there, like there's some, some powdered MCT that's been blended with uh that's been blended with bhb and it it's not bad um but i'm just i'm not i'm not sure that it it is really great as a food ingredient i mean i could be wrong and and i love it when i'm wrong because some people come along and just be like no here this is the perfect delicious bar that's you know loaded with exogenous ketone salts so enjoy so i hope somebody does but I I haven't used it as a food ingredient per se. Okay, yeah, I was just wondering if it was possible and if anyone's been doing that, but for the future. Yeah, I mean anything is possible. Yeah, anything is possible. Um, Probability is always a factor, Um, you know. But if somebody, you know, somebody came to me and said, "Hey, I want to create a bar. I want to create, you know, some sort of a a snack food, you know, with BHB in it," I would. Yeah, I mean, I would take a stab at it. I'm not 100% sure that it would be very delicious, but I, you know, I could be wrong. I guess there'll be no, like, ketone ester chocolate chip cookies in the future either, for sure, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, if if somebody, if actually somebody can come up with a decent-tasting cookie that contains gasoline, um, I would say that that <laughs> probably, <laughs> you could use the base for for the esters because to me the esters I, it, it's like a i hmm, i would say that the esters for me are like somewhere between diesel fuel and and kerosene probably closer to kerosene yeah. and that's i'm surprised that they, yeah i'm surprised it doesn't kill you because it tastes like it could well i wonder if uh like fermented products you know like kombuchas or things like that would maybe go along with like ketone salt profiles i don't know just thinking like fermented products? Yeah. I just wonder if fermented products would be able to, you know, to mesh with those kind of flavors from the ketone salts. Forget about esters, but at least salts. I just, just ruminations in my mind. That's all. Um, That's not a bad idea. Like if you had like, say, like kimchi or sauerkraut. Yeah, because you get very unusual flavors and strange notes, as you call them, in those kind of products. So maybe that would hide it. It would just all blend into like, oh, well, it's fermented, so it's going to taste like that. and It's still good. <laughs> I like fermented foods. <laughs> I mean, I make a lot of them myself. So it's, um, I would say, yeah, I mean, that, that could be, that could be maybe something like a sauerkraut or a kimchi or something that has like, that already has like salty, sour, sort of astringent notes in it that it might pair well with it. I don't know. You could always go to the store and buy some, uh, some kimchi and drop a couple tablespoons of bhb in it see how it tastes yeah i don't know if this would be good for you but um like the way i take exogenous ketones i use um an unflavored one 
Yeah, I use like keto uh-huh. force and I put like, you know, some lemon juice in it and water and some MCT oil. And it tastes really like a margarita. So I wonder if you make oh. like alcoholic drinks with, uh, with the BHB in it, if it would go well, like a sour one, you know? Like will with real alcohol in it? Again, it probably wouldn't be good with good for you, but a martini, like you said, probably that would go along a long way to making like a you know like a maybe like a again like a sour you know mocktail probably would work with the ketone salts. Yeah, I think that very would very limited because experimentation. I, yeah, because I've had ketone, I've had like ketone salts before that um, you know that were citrus flavored and citrus. I mean, for me, citrus is probably one of the one of the most, I would say, pronounced or most successful flavors um, that, you know, that I use for masking things. Like mm. I get a lot of requests for energy drinks and most of those are citrus because citrus covers up, will cover up just about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I use. So <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a good method to choke those things down. Yeah. Well, very good. So um, at the Metabolic Health Summit, you're going to have a booth, right? Are you speaking or you just have a yep. booth? Uh, I'm not speaking. I have a book that I'll be signing. And then we'll also have a booth that we'll be giving away condiments, sweeteners, you know, stuff from the, the Gaigon Keto portfolio, as well as some of the stuff that, you know, that we have as far as sweeteners go for Icon Foods. So both Icon Foods and, and Gaigon Keto will be represented there. Okay. Well, very good. So how can uh, listeners get your book? And then how can they uh, learn more about Icon Foods in preparation for hopefully seeing you at the summit? Um, well, everybody can go to guygonketo.com. Uh, you can order the book there. If you order the book online, I'll, I'll autograph it for you. Um, you can go to Amazon, pick up the book. Uh, if you want to see our condiments, uh, definitely guygonketo.com. If you want to see what we're up to as far as like sweeteners and, and you know, research and development of new products, um, definitely go to iconfoods.com and then if you any on the on every social if you put in Gaigon Keto or just me Tom King T H O M K I N G um, I'm on all the socials so ping me direct message me if you've ever got questions or have ideas that you want to you want me to play around with in the lab reach out. Okay, well Tom, thanks for coming and uh, I love your unique twist on. Uh... You know, making keto foods, you know, the sauces and the condiments are a great idea. So thanks for nice. coming. Nice. Yeah, definitely stop by the booth and, and try them out. I think you might like them. All right, great. Hold on a second. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials, or even starting to appear on shelves, or by prescription, or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, 
or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Thank you.